Hello fine apples, welcome back to the fine apple show. We have had quite a long break, but we are back and ready to go in 2021. Now obviously we are still in lockdown, so things might sound a bit different. We are recording our podcast over Zoom and other platforms, so the sound quality might not be what you're used to. So I apologise in advance, but I hope you enjoy the show. Let's do this. So, um... This kind of series, I'm calling it a series of podcasts, is about love, life and everything in between. Um, but what I wanted to start off with is just so everyone knows a bit more about you, um, why you started with JSA, um, the whole like calorie deficit, that kind of way of losing weight instead of doing extreme kind of crazy things. Yeah, so I would say... Um... In the beginning, basically, I start, I hit rock bottom. Um, so I was in such a depressive state. Um, I was really suffering mentally. I, um, you know, to be honest, the the weight loss has actually been a byproduct of everything that I've done. Um, so the the main place that I started is I read a book. <laughs> that was that was it. Um, I, I did find James online actually um, and it was in like probably his earlier days um, and I was watching his like YouTube videos when he used to have like the whiteboard and, and things like that um, and then I just got into it started listening to his podcasts um, but previous to that I'd done Slimming World maybe four or more times like I think we all heard <laughs> I've done juice cleanses and like raspberry ketones, like everything. Um, and I'd always just thought like, because I, I had been super skinny before. Um, I think I've posted pictures before um, of me being probably really quite underweight. Um, so I went through stages of that. Um, I had some bad habits in the past. Uh, didn't have any diagnosable eating disorders, but certainly traits of um, bulimia and more just like a coping mechanism, um, certainly binge eating and, and things. Um, and I just got, like I said, hit rock bottom um, and realised that I needed to make some changes. It was really slow for me. I bang on about this quite a lot, but I didn't want something to happen quickly because I knew that it had taken me years to... Um, build up these terrible habits well they're not terrible but bad habits um, and it would take me a long time to get rid of those so I certainly wasn't looking for something to happen in a week I just wanted to change everything so I was focusing on that day the, the most that I've ever looked forward to is one week um, so what I will do across that week no further than that into the future and I still don't look at that now uh, just focus on hitting my steps, hitting my calories. After a while, I started hit, hitting my um, protein target. It's not something I did in the beginning. Um, yeah, just focusing on what I could do on that particular day and then going from there, really. Having done it that way, I, feel, I mean, I feel like that's the best way to do it because that's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> so I, but I think the slow and steady approach is the right approach. Yeah. Um, nothing too drastic. How has that impacted what's going on up in here? Like, I know for me, it 
it's like becoming a different person. I don't know, did you did you feel like that? Yeah, definitely. Actually, something that I've never actually discussed with anyone, I don't think, um, and I don't even know if I'm going to be able to describe it, but I got really sad in the beginning. So when I, when I started um, eating healthier and, and kind of cutting down my portion sizes and being in a calorie deficit, you know, doing things to be in a calorie deficit, um, I had nothing that made me happy anymore. And that was a really hard reality to come by um, because I'd been distracting myself with things. So I smoked at the time, I binge drank, um, I ate for pleasure. Those were the only things that were kind of keeping my head above water. And looking back now, they were detrimental to my health and to my mental state. But at the time, it was pacifying the 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 actual root problem so when I gave up smoking and you know decided to be in a calorie deficit I would have days where I was almost having withdrawal from those things and I was really sad I had had nothing else in my life to be happy about so I was in this depressive state I was then trying to get out of that depressive state by doing things that would ultimately make my life what it is today. But at that time, I was really sad. I was even more sad because I was taking away the only pleasure that I actually had in my life. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if that makes any sense because I've never yeah, no, told no. anyone that before. <laughs> That's an exclusive. <laughs> no, it's difficult to talk about these things. So I appreciate it. Like a lot of people don't know how to talk about these things or they feel like if they do people are going to think that there's something wrong with them or you know it's just not oh it's not normal or whatever normal need to be but it's quite surprising how many people do go through that yeah like you're letting go of a part of you but what's kind of replacing it yeah replace it it's just a new normal yeah yeah absolutely and at the time I hated exercise I hated any kind of exercise and um, when I first started doing the calorie deficit I was doing maybe one day in a week in a calorie deficit it, I was really really slow to start with and I wasn't going to the gym I wasn't working out um eventually I started doing my steps but for a long long time I wasn't I wasn't doing any of that it was purely just really slowly implementing those things into my life um, and then eventually I found my love for exercise and fitness and that really replaced the happiness um, and also when I started working on well I was already doing the work with my mental health anyway but when that really started to kick in um, yeah. And yeah, when I got rid of things in my life that weren't making me happy anymore. You said about um, replacing, having the exercise replace the bad things. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of people actually say the same thing, that those bad habits that they kind of stopped, the love for the gym kind of replaced that. Yeah. And I don't want to use the word addiction because I feel like it's a good addiction to have. <laughs> yeah. But it does become something that you feel incomplete without I don't know I feel I feel incomplete without it, especially in lockdown yeah um, 
I've got gym equipment at home, so I'm not I'm not going to be like ungrateful. But it's not the same that kind mm-hmm. of hit you get from going to the gym. Yeah, you just don't have like lifting weights. You just don't get that with anything else. Are you yeah. Um, it's a little bit different for me because of the pole dancing. So because I've got the pole at home, certainly in first lockdown, um, I was living in a one bedroom flat. It was just me and the dog. Um, I didn't have any gym equipment. All I did was walk. I just walked every single day. I had nothing else to do. Now I'm in a much bigger house um, and I've got the pole here as well. So that for me is is enough of a release. But if I didn't have that, now in third lockdown I would be going insane I think it is a bit of an addiction um because I think you you are replacing things and I know it's it's a catch-22 situation so if I stop going to the gym or I have a week off or something everything else kind of goes out the window it all just follows suit and I think that's how I got into that position in the first place um but it's also how I got myself out of it because those habits just, you know, stack on top of each other. Um, and you almost get into this mindset of if you're leaving one thing out, then oh, well, that doesn't matter either. You can't really do all of them together. The other thing I wanted to kind of pick up on is I've noticed on your Instagram stories. I mean, that's the first thing I kind of was drawn to was how funny they are. <laughs> you talk about... Um, like online dating and things like that I find them absolutely hilarious. <laughs> oh my god this is so relatable like I I know this girl because I am this girl like I totally get it um and we'll come to the funny side of it but before we get to the funny side um I want to kind of just touch a bit on how it affects you mentally um kind of coinciding with the weight loss yeah and obviously because you feel like you're becoming someone else and you're letting that person go, does it affect how you see yourself in a relationship? Or when you are talking to someone, does it affect how you talk to them and what, how comfortable you are, essentially? A lot has changed um, with me during the weight loss. But as I said before, because the weight loss is a byproduct of me doing work on myself and I have to stress how you know there there were days where I was basically contemplating if I should be here or not like my mental health was so low it it truly couldn't have got any worse um so the weight loss was part of me loving myself again caring about myself um and you know realizing that I am worthy of whatever I want um so that has definitely impacted um my dating and how I um project myself so confidence is something that's quite obvious um that I think comes with aesthetics but it goes a lot more it goes a lot deeper than that it's more self-esteem and I know these words get thrown around all the time and it drives me insane but for me the self-esteem I had none no self-worth nothing nothing left um and the relationship I was in at the time just for me to end that relationship shows me because that was really quite 
early on in this journey um and you know I've been in a three three year relationship and I ended it that showed me just how far I'd already come and how far I was going so then my stance after that point has just been I could have stayed in that relationship so why would I then be in a relationship that doesn't give me what what I need um as a person um because you know you want to be the best for someone you want them to be the best for you in the past I would have just stuck around with anyone because I again had no worth I didn't think that I was worthy of, of being loved truly um so I would just I would have stuck I, I mean yeah been cheated on or you just stick around and um I just know now that I certainly wouldn't do those things again no you're right it does come with time um I've had quite a lot of people ask me over the last six six to twelve months about how it's affected my dating life and I wasn't in like a long-term or what I would consider a long-term relationship but I was in a situationship with someone um which really was unhealthy yeah. and it does stem from low self-esteem and having yeah. zero self-worth and it is so unhealthy but when you're in that situation you can't see and so when I was with with this person it was as I was losing weight and although I know I was losing weight I don't know if you have a similar thing but I can't always see it yeah or I I was in a I was in a situation where I I think at this point I'd lost about 50 pounds but in my head I was still 50 pounds heavier yeah and I'm thinking nah this is not right this this is all in my head this is not right and then I was losing more and more progressively and I think things escalated between us once I'd kind of lost 70 80 pounds but even then it was always you're trying to please the other person what can I do for you yeah. I'm not getting anything in return yeah what am I doing for you what yeah. is making you feel good and it's a certain type of person who's got that kind of narcissistic personality who and I don't know if you've ever experienced this um, but I've had a lot of people message me who have experienced this where they will bend over backwards for their partner or that but that person because you want to do everything in your power to make them happy whether yeah. it's stop wearing lipstick because they don't like the lipstick on your cup <laughs> <laughs> I've done that I've done stupidness like that oh I don't like you know I've done it I've been yeah there. yeah change yourself change yourself oh oh I don't like that oh okay oh yeah I don't like my food oh okay gone and you're doing things and you don't even realize if it was my mate and she's doing all these things, I'd be like, "What the hell are you?" I'd be like shaking her. Yeah. Like, yeah. Shaking her, like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. But when it, you're in that situation, you don't see it, and the only reason I feel that you don't see it is because you don't value yourself as a person. Mm-hmm. You don't see that you are worth so much more. Yeah. And it's a shame that the person that's doing that to you is allowing you to do that. It's giving them more power, but why would you do that to someone? Number one, number two, that's a messed up place to be in. But yeah. it takes time to come out the other side. And I think 
if you've got good friends, they can kind of pull you out. I know mine did. Yeah, mine did. I mean, definitely. They they tell you, and I think while you're in it, you pull out all the excuses. That's what I used to do. Um, I'm not going to say the name, but they were like, oh, you've got like a book of X, Y, and Z. You just pull out the excuses. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And you kind of just pull any excuse out of the bag. Yeah. Because at the time, it means that you're not being a total knobhead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You make them perfect in your head as well. Like, it's almost as if you're just blind to all the things that they've done and like you say if it, if it was your friend you wouldn't allow that to happen or you'd be saying what are you doing and when you're in that situation you even know I think the point where I realized um that things weren't okay was when I realized that I was making excuses for that person oh they, they've done this but it's because of this and oh they're going through a tough time it's you should never be making excuse if you're having to make excuses for them you're in the wrong situation you need to get out <laughs> yeah out for yeah it, you're making excuses for that person but are they making any for you no because we're all having a shit time we've all got a story right yeah everyone's got a story you know someone might have had a shitty childhood someone might have had a shitty like relationship there's so many things but I feel like you you have to grow from them. You can't use that as an excuse for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And if you are still using that an ex- as an excuse, you shouldn't be in a relationship mm-hmm. with anyone because you need to work on that aspect of yourself. Yeah. Um, I know for me, I think it was a similar situation where when the, the penny finally dropped and I realised, I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, no why are you allowing someone to treat you like that yeah and then you kind of set new rules for yourself right yeah you kind of figure out that actually this is the level that I'm expecting this is what I'm getting no thank you and Mm -hmm. you kind of something just clicks and snaps and I'm not going to say it's not painful because it is like a loss Mm -hmm. because you've invested a lot of emotion and feeling in that person but once you realize you're worth more than that it makes it a lot easier, I feel. Yeah, you kind of wake up to it, don't you? Um, I think it was actually James that said, um, I'm not going to directly quote him, but basically it was something that clicked with me on um, one of his podcasts, was saying that if if how it is now, it was like that at the beginning, would you have ever got into a relationship with them? And I was like... <laughs> breath was taken away (laughs) I think I ended the relationship that night but I think about that a lot because I think over time it can become something that you would never have imagined it to be and at what point how much are you going to put up with until you say actually this just isn't right for me at all and it probably wasn't right in the beginning (laughs) but you know we we accept these things now this is something I'm struggling with so even though I know what I'm willing to accept and what I'm no longer willing to accept I feel like that's one thing but do you ever I mean okay are you are you seeing anyone right now (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, <laughs> I take it back. No, go on. You can ask. Hypothetically, if you were seeing someone right now, do you sometimes still second guess yourself or um, kind of think of, or does your mind always go to the worst possible scenario? Yes. Um, so I. <laughs> so I used to be. Um, do you know anything about attachment theory? It's an incredible book called Attached, um, and essentially there's there's um, attachment theory. It's something that you develop as a child with your caregiver, um, and it goes into your adulthood. It can change over time, but usually it's pretty cemented in. Um, Attached is the most incredible book that I think I've ever read, and. It, it was like every single page was just mind-blowing for me um and it was just like reading a book about my life so that changed a lot for me now I was previously more of an anxious attachment style um which is something that everyone sees as kind of negative and it's just not none of them are negative or positive um but the um the anxious is you see it in like movies and tv series and whatever and they're always the one that's kind of clingy and they want to you know grasp onto everything they have and that was very much from um came from childhood and you know different things that have happened over time um which i'm sure we'll touch on later but um then the the other side of it um is avoidant so then there's it depends which you look at so there are, there can be a few um but yeah these are kind of the two main ones and then some in betweens now what i've found i don't know if it's through getting hurt or a combination of getting hurt and now kind of realizing my worth that i'm more avoidant um so now i tend to push people away more so i went through about a six to eight month period where I didn't even want to talk to someone. Um, I couldn't have imagined being near anyone, dating anyone. Oh, the thought of it made me feel physically sick. And now I'm a little bit more um, open to it. Still very, very cautious. So that's what's kind of changed for me. I don't know if it's so much second guessing myself, um, but certainly in the back of my mind, it's very difficult to open up to someone and give someone that option to really hurt you um, and, and give them that, that kind of power over you. Um, and I think once I'd kind of changed myself, I'd got to this point where no one is ever going to have control over my life or how I feel ever again and I've now got to teach myself the other way that not everyone is out to hurt you and some people are actually really nice <laughs> so yeah I guess that's how is that the kind of thing that you're going through or do you mean yeah no absolutely um so I kind of did a similar thing once I'd gotten out of that situation I was like right I'm not I'm just gonna work on work on what's going on in here and in here and I made sure that I set the boundaries from from the get-go so once I did have that time to myself and that growth period um 
I thought, right, okay, I've learned my lessons. I'm not calling anything a mistake. Nothing is bad or a mistake. Yeah. Everything yeah. is a lesson, opportunity for growth. Yeah. So bad shit happened. Okay, what did we learn from it? Now that I've learned this lesson, how am I going to use this in the future? So when I did start talking to people again, I made it very clear that this is what I'm expecting because this is like, I'm blatantly like, I'm fantastic. Take it or leave it. Yeah. <laughs> honestly that is literally my vibe now I'm like yeah I love that energy I love it I'm fantastic I'm glorious um you know yeah this is who I am take it or leave it Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think before uh even maybe July-ish last last year July time I would I had like imposter syndrome I felt like oh I've lost 115 pounds I've had well at this point I hadn't had the 360 skin removal surgery but I just felt like I was false advertising like I look like this with clothes on but you know what I mean like I I didn't feel comfortable yeah so I just thought forget about it but when I started on the apps again after the surgery um I just blatantly I think I I said to him I'm a mermaid (laughs) And he was like, what? And then I literally said, yeah. And then I sent him <laughs> um, on my Instagram, there's a picture or a little video clip of me putting, getting both of my legs in one of my trousers from like. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'm a mermaid. And he's like, what are you on about? <laughs> so I sent him this clip and he's like, what? So my my kind of theory was if I just hit them with it straight away that by the way I've lost a shit ton of weight so be ready for that yeah um, then it can't like I've, I've put all all my balls are out on the court like whatever you want to yeah. say yeah and then it's up to you if you want to take this further mm-hmm. so now I kind of just try and get ahead of it yeah in it and I mean it's not for everyone I'm not gonna lie to you some people are really like oh my god this chick is crazy and then I never hear from them again and that's fine yeah because you don't want them anyway because they're they're weak they're not the kinds of people that you need in your life I said this mermaid thing to one person and he was totally fascinated and I thought oh this is different because I'd mentioned the weight loss to other people before and they would be fascinated, but to the point of just just being fascinated, the kind right. of appeared for them. Okay. Which is each yeah. their own. Um, but this one person, and I'm not gonna just like out him, but but he was fascinated by it, but he was like, Oh my god, that's really amazing. And then we started talking about other things and it led to more conversation. Yeah. But I thought I'm just gonna be truly authentic now. Mm-hmm. Um, because I found that I was filtering myself before. Did you yeah. have you done that? Are you actually more so with? Well, I had one instance actually with the weight loss um, thing. So I don't think my weight loss has been anywhere near as drastic as your amazing transformation. But um, so one, the only encounter that I've had like that is um, I'm proud of of what I've done um and I'll happily kind of show people and um I I was dating someone and I said oh do you want to see like my transformation picture 
and he refused to look and the look on his face was utter disgust as if and and essentially we we had because I was kind of taken aback by it thinking why wouldn't you want to see and when it kind of all came out after we talked um he was concerned about seeing me um bigger because he thought that he wouldn't be attracted to me anymore even though at this point I was you know a few stone down so I looked completely different in that moment he didn't want to see a picture of me from before he couldn't separate the two um so I swiftly ended that <laughs> relationship but no for me in terms of what you said, um, it's not been so much about weight loss, it's actually been um, the mental health side. So um, I have uh, CPTSD and I would feel like I needed to tell people straight away. So I mean, I used to say it on dating apps and looking back now, it's not the kind of thing that you just kind of come out to a, to a stranger about. It's very, very personal. And of course, I'm not ashamed by it. I'm, I'm not going to not talk about it. Um, you know, I'm quite happy for people to know. I like to discuss it. It really helps me to do that and potentially helps other people as well. But it's more for me now. I don't want to share that. This is where kind of the avoidant thing comes in. It, I don't want to share that side of me with just anyone like that is a really personal experience it's a really personal thing I don't just want to tell anyone on the internet um well to be fair I actually do <laughs> okay not on dating apps some a potential date I don't want to um you know it's different with the Instagram thing and with my emails because those people are there um because they want to listen and you know they for some reason care about what I have to say um, whereas someone on a dating app is probably just there to get over their ex or have some validation um, they probably don't want to or aren't interested in that side of things so yeah I did definitely probably when I was in um, some dark places I would think it was a burden um, and at the time I was having I couldn't keep it a secret because I was having a lot of physical effects from it. Um, so like night terrors and panic attacks and a lot of anxiety and things. Um, so I thought, well, I need to get it out on the table. So a, a lot like yourself, you know, you're thinking, well, you know, if we're going to see each other, <laughs> then I need to tell you. And it was a lot like that with me. I thought, well, you know, if we have a sleepover, <laughs> then there's a chance I might wake up screaming in the night and you need to be fully prepared for that yeah. so yeah I don't do that so much now um I try well it depends I think you can gauge I wouldn't want to be with someone or date someone that didn't understand that side of me and those levels of things so I guess I wouldn't even entertain that kind of conversation anyway if they weren't that kind of person um but yeah certainly don't just say it to everyone now like hi I'm Holly I've got PTSD I just I kind of try and keep it and now the physical effects are really managed and obviously I am quite a different person mentally so I don't feel the need to 
to do that anymore no that's really good I feel like that's a lot of that comes with growth because I because I wasn't comfortable with who I was I would kind of think everything over like 10 20 times before I'd even send a simple message mm-hmm. um, you kind of second guess yourself you're like should I say this should I not you kind of hold back and with this person I just I was like or whatever happens happens I'm just going to say what all my unfiltered thoughts I'm just going to blab them out mm-hmm. and um he found it amazing like just hilarious and he was like what are you and I'm like I told you I'm the fucking mermaid <laughs> like, <laughs> like if you can I feel like you know what as, as much grief as I give him if he can handle this level of crazy I'm good with that yeah <laughs> Yeah, I've taken that approach a few times as well, and it, it really works. Yeah. Yeah, that's why, do you know my my opening, my famous opening line? You've got some really good ones. There's some, there's some corkers in there. Share them, share them all. There's so the main one that, I mean, I, I don't use them anymore um, for now. I mean, so for now, we're off. <laughs> Just disclaimer. Um, but yeah so the main one that I used to use which anyone can use um, is starter or pudding now for me that just gets rid of everyone I wouldn't want to date straight away because (laughs) they're either going to say starter in which case you unmatch them or (laughs) (laughs) if they said starter put them in the bin or they can say pudding which great response they can actually make like a huge like big conversation out of it and I've had like that started a lot of good conversations for me has actually led to dates for me and then secret answer number three (laughs) is when they say all three and then I know I could potentially marry this person they could be my soulmate, who knows? <laughs> because they like the same things that I do. Um, a lot of people would respond saying things like, are you the pudding? Or yes. can I, ha- yeah, like, like so many times. And I think they don't realize that I've heard this <laughs> time and time again. Yeah, like we've all seen it, it's on Instagram. <laughs> everyone's seen it on the stories yeah they'd all say pretty much the same thing but for me that was the perfect the perfect opener because it just ruled out the kind of people that I I wouldn't want to be around when you start talking to someone and you think like oh okay I think we're clicking do you have kind of like okay I'm gonna lock down the side a kind of like right I'm gonna speak to this person for x amount of time but then we have to meet each other when I was in like the depths of feeling awful um I would have probably just carried on talking to someone until the end of time if they were giving me validation and um making me feel like I was worth something so as long as they were responding to me every day and I was getting that hit of dopamine then I would just continue to do it forevermore um these days I'm a lot more selective to begin with a lot more picky um 
I see red flags a lot easier than what I used to. And I know that, again, that's another kind of term that just goes around, isn't it? But you see things so clearly. There are just certain things that, that people will say. It's like if you go on a date and they're rude to the bar staff or the waiting staff and you just, you get up and you walk out and you leave. Um, because it just sets a, a precedent for the for the relationship um if that's where it's going to um i ha don't have a specific time scale i um i guess i would do it until i felt comfortable uh, it really depends on the person it depends on the situation i really can't remember not being in lockdown um so i'm not actually sure <laughs> i actually uh, i really have enjoyed during it, it's a it's a great excuse the whole pandemic thing so let's do a facetime call instead and it just works out um i think they're really they're really great to get to know someone i wish that people did it more like even without covid because yeah. that is such a great way i i have had quite a few facetime dates and they've worked really really well because you can really get to know someone and and speak and see them still but then you can just go to bed and you don't ever have to see them again if you don't want to it's just it's a great way of dating <laughs> i actually really enjoy it and i can stay in the comfort of my own home i had a couple of people ask about um comparison and how you can stop comparing the person you're with now mm -hmm. to the other person you were in a bad place with or even if you weren't in a bad place with them but how do you stop comparing your new partner to your ex-partner like how do you stop yourself from kind of tarnishing them with the same brush and yeah. then without reason without mm -hmm. they've not given you any reason to doubt them and yeah. you still does that happen to you? Because it creeps up on me and I have to kind of be like, no, stop it. Yeah. Stop it. Issue to drop. It's definitely been an issue for me in the past. Um, I very much look at it now like I start off with 100% trust for someone. Um, and it seems like a backward way of doing things. But for me, I trust someone until that trust is broken and once the trust is broken I walk away um, because you can't start someone off on the back foot someone doesn't need to earn your trust um, in my opinion yeah this is this is for me you know I know that not everyone will see it the same way but it certainly helped me to have much healthier connections um, and also just peace of mind for myself because it doesn't matter what you do or what you say. I mean, honestly, you can be the best person you could possibly be. And if someone is going to cheat, they're going to do it, no matter what you do. So for me, I trust someone from the get-go. Um, again, red flags, you know, I will notice red flags if something crops up. Um, or if, you know, they do things that, that I feel, um, you know they're not respecting me or my time or um who i am things like that then that would be a, those would be red flags for me but it's let's say we've been let's say we're a few dates in and there's no red flags 
um, my trust is 100%. And then the only time that that goes down is if that trust is broken because things come out and if something goes wrong, you will find out. Um, you know, things happen, you will find out. The majority of the time it comes out, whether it's a week, a month, a year down the line, you will find out. So what's the point in punishing yourself? It's easier said than done, I know. But you're punishing yourself every day by thinking, my ex cheated on me, so this person's going to do the exact same thing. Because firstly, that new person may be completely innocent, completely devoted to you. They have all the best intentions and you're about to ruin it because of someone that you don't have any feelings for and is getting on with their life. So you need to get on with yours. It's very hard when you're the one that's been hurt, I've been cheated on and it absolutely destroyed my life for a long, long time. Um, but you know, someone that I meet, that's not their fault. That isn't my fault. It's no one's fault other than the person that did it. And even then, you know, in a different circumstance, it may not have happened. You know, it's not even that they're a particularly bad person. They've just done something that they shouldn't have done. They've, you know, they've been dishonest. Um, yeah, start off with 100% trust and, you know, mark it down. What, what breaks your trust? Them being disloyal? what you know what are they going to do um you know i wouldn't recommend sticking around if they're doing narcissistic behaviors but certainly not being abusive in any way um but otherwise you're really just punishing yourself you have to start off with 100 percent and you know leave at 70 percent. i quite like that way of thinking having that 100% from from word go I quite like that I feel like everyone deserves that I if yeah. someone met me for the first time I would want them to have 100% trust for me because I know me so I I know that I'm trustworthy so how how awful would it be for someone to meet you and then say oh well I don't fully trust you because someone cheated on me two years ago and, and that's your fault well you know, yeah, I'd be like, excuse you. Yeah, like, I, if I was that person, I would just, I just, no, I don't have, to, I do not have time for this. It's not yeah. fair. It's really not fair to do that to that person. It's not fair to do it to you. You've got to start off at hundred percent, and you know, then and then it's their problem as well, you know, because then you're being fair to them. Because if they break your trust, you're taking, you're taking that away. Whereas if they have to earn your trust, that's not even their problem. That's because you're starting off at 50% trust because of your ex. It's not a fair way of doing things. No, really. like, this makes so much sense. If you just start off at 100, yeah. it's all good. And I know it's easy to say that mm -hmm. and it's more difficult to implement it. But um, like we, ha we had a conversation because I, I was in that kind of headspace that I trusted someone blindly and even though they kept giving me kept giving me reasons not to trust them I still did and I got hurt and it's taken me such a long time to kind of strengthen myself up again I don't want to be in that position I think we both kind of got to the point where it was like right let's just be open and honest let's just cards on the table say what you're thinking mm -hmm. and I feel like from that moment things just changed mm -hmm. because 
and I think people don't realize they're doing it I like for example if I, I might have certain expectations but I've not told him what they are he could have certain expectations and he's not told me and now we're both screwing at each other like you know in a huff yeah knows what they've done yet so yeah. why are we huffing about it yeah. but once you have that conversation of look this is what I want this is what you want are they compatible if yeah. yes let's keep going but as we were having this conversation I thought to myself why have we like as people why do we not do this more often like I know sometimes I think I don't know if there's ever a point where it's too early to have this conversation but I feel like um when I hit it off with someone I don't then want to keep seeing you if our ideologies or way of thinking doesn't align when I start when I started talking to this guy um I just I made it clear that this is what I want if you don't want any of these things let's just call it a day mm-hmm. um but having that open dialogue I feel has really helped us because it's taken us to another level yeah that you you understand that person you can understand like when they're not in a good space or when they need space you know Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of already at this point I can tell if something's not right like obviously like because of lockdown we're in a long distance kind of thing yeah but I think that's a good thing seeing as we're constantly in communication to the point where if he's not feeling right I can just sense it and mm-hmm. if I'm not sounding right he knows and he'll be like what's going on yeah I feel like not enough people are communicating enough mm-hmm. because they're scared of what the response is going to be, which is, I was guilty of that. I wouldn't say how I was feeling because I was worried about what that person's response is, but worrying and stressing over that, what's that getting me? More mm. stress. Whereas yeah. if I just, you know, grab the ball by the horns and be like, what's the problem? We can work through it. It's done, dusted. We can have a peaceful night's sleep. Yeah. That's I think that's the biggest thing I've learned. I definitely um, feel that my um, dating kind of changed when I was being more open with communication. I will definitely say a lot more about how I'm feeling and and I do envy you in in a way um, because still right now I'm in a position where I'm not entirely sure what I do want. Um, So I, I envy that because... I would love, I've been in in these positions in the past, but not being able to say it. I would love to be able to tell someone exactly what I need and want right now. And there's just no way that I can. Because I feel like that comes not only with age, but it also comes with when you meet someone who you think, actually, I feel like this, this could be something. Yeah, definitely. And I've definitely felt like that um, in the past. I've been in relationships before where I have begged someone to love me. I have begged someone to stay around, to show me affection, to care for me. That shouldn't happen. Um, It should be organic and it should just come with the way that they feel about you and with the relationship. And I guess that's, that's the only thing that you need. Sometimes you're not both in the same place, but a lot of, not a lot of the times, but I found that sometimes it can be because you're kind of picking on to the, holding on to the past. Um, yeah. And in terms of uh, kind of 
constantly not constantly but saying you know love me love me love me sometimes people don't show love the same way Mm -hmm. that's an important thing to kind of pick up on like love language talking about love languages um a lot and but it's true like i'm i'm a very affectionate person it's sickening i'm yeah I'm, i'm one of those hopeless romantic types it's awful but that doesn't mean everyone else is but some people can't handle that yeah. Um, people be like oh I do this and I do that but I don't like he doesn't do this that and the other and I'm like yeah, yeah but what okay what 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 does he do mm-hmm. and then they'll tell me and I'm like well maybe that's his way of showing you that he loves you yeah and they're like oh I didn't think of it that way and I was like listen not everything is like it is on Instagram or on Facebook or on Twitter or whatever it might be yeah not every man was gonna wake up in the morning and say morning beautiful not not every man does that not every man is that muggy and that's okay yeah that's okay it might be something else that he does which is his way of showing you that he cares about you Mm. you need to respect that yeah and I think that you should never be doing something because you expect something in response so um you know if so I think I fit pretty much all the love languages. I'm much like you. I just, I, I love giving attention and affection and gifts. And I'm just very, I can be very overly loving. Um, and that's just kind of, you know, what I'm like. No, but I would never give those things. You know, I would never buy someone a present or, um, do something for someone because I expected it in return that that isn't the way that that it should be I'm doing it because I want to do it and I feel great when they're happy and you know there's nothing better than giving someone a present is there so when they when I see their happiness that that's the thing that makes me happy I don't want them to to do it for me that's not that's not how it goes we were literally having this discussion last night um because you know i i am that muggy i'm like i'll think of we'll have a we'll, we'll have a chat about something and then that'll make me think of something and then that'll make me do something yeah and i was like listen i'm not doing these things because i'm expecting anything in return whenever i give someone a gift it's because it's going to bring me joy i said because if i've given you a gift that i've thought about I've thought about this, I've considered it, I've thought about how it's going to make you feel. Mm-hmm. You open that gift and that look on your face, that's all I need. The other thing is, it's not about the value of the gift. I feel like it's never about the value of the gift. No. Like, I'm the girl, and I like films ruin us. Films ruin things for girls, I tell you this for free. And if you've ever seen a Bollywood film, they're even worse. I So the, you've got the girl that wants, you know, the... 24 karat gold x amount of carat diamonds before you can even consider proposing to her mm-hmm. and then you've got a girl who you can propose to with a harry bow i'm that girl yeah <laughs> like that's yeah. the muggy level that we're talking about that's yeah the level of like corniness we're at <laughs> it's just that that's just who i am and i used to think that's wrong but actually no it's just who i am and that's okay yeah but but in the same level when I have these people approach me and ask me, I'm like, yeah, for you, that's fine. That person might not be like that, and that's okay too. You need to be all right with that. If you can't accept them for that, 
maybe this isn't yeah you know yeah maybe maybe you need to have a conversation about this absolutely yeah no I, I totally agree I um I think I've been in situations like that um in the past where it's actually happened the other way around as well, where um, I've seen people give, maybe they give things to me um, and they expect then that in return. And I think I wouldn't personally. Um, so, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't, it's their choice. You know, I would never ask for anything or, um, I, you know, there, there are certain things that I need and that I expect in a relationship. Otherwise, it's not going to make me happy, such as affection. Um, but in terms of material things, you know, that's that's their decision, and it's for it's for them to to decide on what they're doing or not. And I also feel like people that are in a relationship for material things, is it really a relationship? <laughs> I feel like I'd rather have your time. Like I could happily sit with him for hours and do nothing. Yeah, that's more than you know. Oh, you know, I, I can't spend time with you. Here's a handbag. Yeah, that's the other thing. I've been in both those types of relationships, and I can absolutely say, one hundred percent, I would pick the um, time and the affection every single time because that is something that you just can't buy. Things that I want um in a relationship and you've just got to say no to everything that that isn't that because I think they're a lot harder to come by as well because you can't just buy them it's 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 personality it's it's the way that someone is it's not you know anyone can save up money and get a nice car or you know a watch or something like that but you know you can't just change your personality like that you can't just become a good person or an affectionate person it's they are a lot harder to to come by for sure <laughs> let's get to the good stuff the juicy stuff horrible <laughs> dating stories one particular one sticks in my mind that I think I will struggle to get up <laughs> ever <laughs> um again it's one of those things where you, you know the red flags before you even do it um and looking back now I knew I knew even at the time that I was doing it that I shouldn't have done anyway so we were chatting and to be honest it wasn't going that well um if it was right now I wouldn't have ever attended the date but I had kind of yeah no self-worth at the time um so I guess I would, it was just one of those situations where someone's giving me attention so I'll just go along with whatever they say so we went on this date um and about you know we met and it was okay um nothing really to complain about we were just sat having a drink and I would say we're maybe 10 no more than 15 minutes into this date and he turned to me and said <laughs> that he would do cocaine on his wedding day yeah <laughs> okay right yeah and completely out of the blue um so yeah I've never been someone to um take drugs never taken them in my life but 
very odd thing to say. Um, I think he was trying to explain where he was in, in his life at, at that time. Um, but he was saying, you know, where I am right now, I would do cocaine on my wedding day. So again, because I had no self-worth at the time, I, I stuck out. Um, yeah, I was a bit taken aback by the comment, but I guess I carried on. Um, and essentially he just verbally abused me for the majority of the day. So there is a term for it and I can't remember what it is, but it's where they kind of put, someone puts someone else down um, and then gives them like a, a little compliment so that they kind of have, they feel below you. Uh, there is a term for it and it'll come to me later. <laughs> Um, I think that's what he was trying to do, but I, I'm not sure why I stuck on the date because it went on for a few hours, um, and yeah, he was just absolutely horrible the whole time, um, saying really awful things about my appearance, about who I was, putting me down. Um, and yeah, I, I carried on the date. And then at the end of the day, he tried to kiss me. <laughs> and luckily at that point, I did push him away and say, I think it's best we go our separate ways. So I would say that's that's the main one that kind of sticks with me. <laughs> this just sounds almost quite similar to a date that I've been on. Maybe it's the same dude. I doubt Maybe. <laughs> um, so I met this guy at a, at a pub. Um, I was like, what's the worst that can happen? So I went, oh, caveat, because he's older, I thought he'd be more mature. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've fallen for that one before. So this is last year, around this sort of time, I think. Um, yeah, last year, around this sort of time, the dude at the time was, I think, 30 or 31. And I thought, adult! Uh, so I met him in a pub, and... I was not feeling it, but I thought, don't be so bloody judgmental. Just, you know, go in with an open mind. Yeah. So, um, we sat down, um, had a, like five, ten minute conversation, and he was like, I'm just going to go to the loo. Like, mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, the loo's on the left, and on the right-hand side, there's a mirror above the fireplace. He's gone to the loo. There's a dude standing there. I see him slip something to the guy. They're having a chat. He slips him something. Like, you know when you handshake and you kind of slip something to someone? He goes to the loo, comes out, sits down. Literally 60 seconds after he sat back down, the same dude comes by and he's like, mate, you're a good looking lad. And he taps him on the shoulder and he's coming out with compliments for him. And I'm thinking to myself, did you just go to the loo and pay this man to walk past here and give you compliments? <laughs> He's like, oh, look at your muscles. And he's like, proper rubbing his biceps. And I'm like, have I just walked into some weird situation? What is happening? And he sat, so him and his mate are now sitting next to us. And he's like, this guy's a good guy. I can just tell. I just spoke to him in the loo. He's really lovely. And I'm like, okay. Random <laughs> Allegedly, I don't know. Like, and you don't know. Well, what is going on here? It just kind of really just set the tone for the rest of the evening it was so weird wow that was the first red flag and then the second thing was he kept talking about his ex right okay and she did that to me 
and on a side note i will say it's important to talk about your ex yeah when you're in a relationship with someone because that experience has changed who you are as a person and it will help you understand each other better when we do something which may seem out of character we can understand why or where mm-hmm. that hesitation is coming from but in this situation this is our first date i don't know you from tom dick or harry yeah you're telling that she was this and she was that and she did this and she did that and everything was her fault and I thought "Mm, like we all have a part to play like it takes two to tango but he was putting like restrictions and things and I thought this is not for me like I need to get out of here Mm -hmm. Um, so we all he was walking me back to my car which I wasn't really comfortable with but it was parked near the station and he was going to the station and um, he brought me to the car and um, I just put my hand out to shake his hand. I thought, if that's not clear, like, I don't know what is. And he was like, don't I get a hug? And I was like, yes. Because oh. now I felt like I was on the spot. And I was like, mm-hmm, okay. He was like, what about a kiss? I said, sorry, I don't kiss on a first date. It's, I, I just don't do that. And um, he was like, no, no, I respect that. I respect that. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to hug. Like, literally, I went like this, the most uncomfortable hug in the world. And he still went to kiss me. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, he tried to kiss me and I quickly turned my face. And I was like, look, I said no. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now when when I'm looking at him, I've said, look, I've said no. And as I've said no, he plants himself on me. I was fuming. I was like, in a way. And I was like, what part of no did you not understand? Mm. He's like, oh, it's calm, you know, it was just a little peck. And I was like, no, I told you flat out no. You've asked for a hug and I've said, okay, but that's it. What yeah. part of no do you not understand? I was like, get get, your, get my number out of your phone. Do not ever call me again. Yeah. I left. He tries to ring me the same night. Sorry for the miscommunication. I didn't pick up the phone, so now he's texting me. Sorry for the miscommunication. I don't understand what I've done wrong. Oh. I was like, you just messed with the wrong bitch now. I was, oh, I went in on him. I was like, no means no. What part of no did you not understand? You are not to touch any woman or any person without yeah. their consent. Yeah. What what part of tonight made you think it went well? Please tell me. <laughs> but it was yeah. I'm like, what what who how how did you make it into your thirties and not understand the basic principle of it? When a woman is saying no, that means no. no. Yeah, unfortunately, I think it's, I mean, honestly, I I have said quite a lot about content, um, certainly on emails. Um, It's just such a huge issue. I think think it's still a huge issue. I don't know if you've seen the um, YouTube video, the the T one about consent. Um, I love that video. I do. Perfect. Yeah, but how crazy is it? that that is needed how can you when you put it in those terms and for anyone that hasn't seen it you need to watch it it's just crazy when you when you put it in those terms like you wouldn't give someone a cup of tea if they couldn't if they were too drunk to say no yeah you know it's yeah it blows my mind um actually the the consent aspect of of things and just the disrespect of you know, forcing yourself on someone like that. And they think, oh, it's fine. It's just a kiss or, you know, it's just a hug. But like you say, you don't touch someone without consent. That is just, um, 
yeah it's not an acceptable like the fact that we still have to have this conversation i think it's heartbreaking society and one thing i don't like is that the onus seems to be on the woman it's like oh don't wear this don't wear that oh if she she's wearing red lipstick yeah oh my god, god forbid like what the hell yeah i know you have some self-control how about you learn to keep it in your pants absolutely um i mean obviously you know there are um men that are victims of of abuse and yeah yeah and you know it's not all one-sided at all i mean obviously the statistics show that it's it's more um women but yeah of course it happens to men i've seen so many things um you know with the terrible year that we had last year and and you know everything that was going on um and a lot of things about people you know showing up to protests and things saying this is what i was wearing was i asking for it and um you know i know that like billy eilish had done that and and you think uh, you know how how exactly but the point is like i could walk down the street fully naked and no one has a right to rape me i put it in one of my emails before saying um you know if if a guy is sat there and has his condom on and he's ready to go and i actually say no i'm not fancying it anymore that should be his cue to stand up and put his pants on i don't think that i could say that um a lot a lot of people that i would personally um trust in that situation to say okay yeah that's fine and stand up I, i don't think that happens a lot i think they feel that convincing you is the way forward but to me if you're being convinced it's not consent yeah because convincing someone isn't isn't a yes um no it's a no in any type of kind of sexual assault you do naturally think what did i do to bring this onto myself you always think that because i know i've replayed events in my head and i've thought maybe if I did this, or maybe if I did that, or maybe if I, you know, wore a really big cardigan, or, you know, you just think of all these silly things. If I did X, Y, and Z, then this wouldn't have happened. It could have been any situation, and that still could have happened. It wasn't, you didn't initiate that response, or that action. That person did. So the onus is on them, not on me. What could I have done differently? stop being nice i don't like we're just smiley happy people i'm gonna have the worst frown lines i don't care like i don't it's i'm constantly got a smile on my face Mm -hmm. if i'm being nice to you that's not an invitation don't understand why that's so difficult for people to understand um i've had not a lot but i've had a couple of guys kind of um i think i've spoken about this briefly before and i had a couple of guys say you know it's all right for a woman to talk about this but not for a man and that did make me feel really upset for them because I felt like that's not okay because as as women we can talk about this and Mm -hmm. we can tell as much as we want and we can hold back as much as we want we don't have to give intimate details of what happened to us but there is a platform for us to talk about these things and say this is what happened to me and it's not okay men don't always have that chance because society will then emasculate them and say oh you're not a real man man up yeah right 
that's not fair either. No. Uh, if, if it's okay for us to talk about how we're feeling, it is okay for a man to say, actually, this is how I'm feeling. And people need to be okay with that because mm-hmm. why are we not validating what they're feeling? And that that goes with everything. I feel like even in, if you're in a relationship, a woman is seen to be the softer one and the one who gives, uh, you know, gets, sorry, gets all the compliments and gets all the affection, gets all the love. But as a woman, I feel like it's important. Give your man compliments. Tell him you love him. Tell him he's cute. Tell him, you know, tell him you miss his face or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Because they need that too. But I, I feel like as a woman, if I, if I, if I want a bit of affection, I'm sure as a man, you want that too. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it off the top of my head. I have had men say to me, um, you know, we, we do want that, but we just don't voice it. It's not natural for us to say, I want a hug or I want this or I want that. And I feel like as women, if we just give it, it's not taking any at any time out of our day or out of our lives to show them a bit of love. Mm. to show them that actually you know you care about me and I appreciate that but I appreciate you thank you yeah Um, I was reading a post actually saying um I can't even remember where I read it so I'm going to figure it out and I'll put a link to it it Mm. was really saying that um if you compliment your partner then there's nothing wrong in that because some people find it oh no I don't I can't do that or it's a bit weird but actually there's nothing wrong with it giving Mm. out doesn't make you the weaker person because some people yeah. feel like it's a right and i'm like you shouldn't be struggling for power there shouldn't be any power yeah i really don't think though because i've had a lot of people in the past say to me oh do this and then you'll have the power do that and you'll have the power i hate that i hate that right? and it's taken a while and i thought hold on why do i need to have any power why does yeah. everybody have power yeah we're good for each other then we don't need there doesn't need to be a power struggle no definitely not definitely not but there was a woman on this thread on the thread of the post saying oh um if he's not giving me compliments why should i give him compliments and i'm like maybe he doesn't that's not how he expresses himself and it goes back to that just because they don't voice it or they don't say it doesn't mean they don't want it or need it yeah but you're in a relationship it's a give and take and just because I'm not saying something doesn't mean you don't give me and vice versa it's just it's compromising and learning and understanding one another mm-hmm. like I will I used to have that kind of thing that oh if he hasn't said something then I can't say it like oh if if, if I say it then I'm gonna look like the weak one yeah yeah but I think it takes a secure person to be like, fuck it, I don't care. Yeah. And if I don't get one in return, ah, oh well. Like, yeah. Big... Yeah, absolutely. There, there's so much. There is actually people profiting from this kind of, of thing. You know, there's so many things online about um, getting your ex back or, um, you know, what to say in this situation. And, what, and it's just utter nonsense um people are charging for this kind of information as well um but it truly is it to me just all the thing is 
I, I can't really relate to that because I'm a, I'm very open. I've always been very open. I'm probably the least open now that that I've ever been, which is really hard to imagine. I know, um, and for me, I probably give compliment. Well, I don't want to say this, but I probably give compliments and affection too much, and I hate that phrase too much. But if if there was a scale, then I'm on that end of the scale um because level 10 of that scale <laughs> yeah I think when I have those feelings for someone um I, I want them to know and I want I really want them to know it um I guess because I would want to know it and I like to know it I like that affection and, and the relationships that I I've had you know short term long term um they've all been like that because I guess that's the only person that I could really be with um it is someone who who gives that and shows it and they are in different ways don't get me wrong you know some of them are more gift giving some of them are more um telling you how they feel or doing certain acts to to show you how they feel but they're all kind of singing from the hit, the same hymn sheet because um they're all coming from the from the same place and still wanting to to show you how much they mean to you there's no issue with saying things you know don't be scared to sit to say them because that person might be thinking them and they just don't know how to voice it I find that a lot actually and um, certainly in my young years I would get frustrated and and say you know kind of why you're not saying these things and it turns out that they just don't really know how to or when is the appropriate time to do it or they just don't have confidence in that in that particular area um, and I think I tend to kind of drag that out of people I think even with my friends as well um, certainly with my family um, but you know I have like some friends that are maybe a little bit more closed off um, but you know I'll do kind of a, a sweet thing for them or you know something that I don't really consider to be a huge deal um, you know and, and they might be um, pretty kind of torn up about it but yeah it's um, it's definitely just something that you just got to do when you feel comfortable with it and yeah, for yeah. me I always feel comfortable with it that's just how I how I interact with someone that I have feelings for whether that you know be that I'm in love with them or whether you know I just have feelings for them um but I'll always kind of be like that so I really struggle to resonate with not being able to do that um even though I can empathize with them if if they aren't able to I just know that I personally couldn't be with someone especially long term if they weren't able to to voice that so if if you had to give advice on kind of getting yourself together to someone who is struggling what would be the one kind of key thing or maybe the top three things that you would tell them to do in order to kind of lift themselves up or kind of be get themselves into a better place in terms of starting it all kind of comes from the same place as I said before you just have to start with today and if you can't do that then it's the next hour or the next half an hour so or this meal or 
this shower um so I, I posted something the other day about you know beating a, a bad mental health day and what I've been doing a lot recently is refusing to and not refusing to feel it because if feeling it is extremely important suppressing it is the worst thing you can do so feeling it crying when you need to screaming when you need to doing whatever that you need to do to to get it out as long as you're safe and other people are safe um but in terms of you know the other day a lockdown got on top of me um I can't say that I have done amazing I absolutely bawled my eyes out when lockdown got announced again um it's a lonely time it's you know and even with people around you um you know even being able to see the odd person in your support bubble it's still extremely lonely um and it's not it's not an enjoyable thing to go through um but yeah I essentially on that day if you took that two years ago I would have stayed in bed all day I would have slept on and off I would have cried and the next day I would have felt even worse I wouldn't have taken care of myself um and instead I had to force myself to get up um but I think you have to recognize sometimes there is a good time to just rest and look after yourself um but you know on this particular day I knew that it was kind of it there was no root cause it's not like I had something going on I wasn't grieving um I was just having a bad day I'd woken up and I'd, I hadn't slept very well and I was having a bad day so you know I got a shower and I put some makeup on and I went for a walk and I cried on the way home from the walk so it didn't fix anything but it meant that I got up and I got out and I looked after myself and I washed and you know sometimes um I will write a to-done list so I used to always write to-do lists and they would drive me insane because I would look at it at the end of the day after having a bad mental health day and think I haven't even ticked one thing off so now just anything that I do brush my teeth tick I you write it down after you've done it um, and then at the end of the day, you can see everything that you've done. And if it's if it's just doing one thing, you've still done it. Um, and I think when you're in the depths of depression, like I was, that's a really good way of, of pulling yourself out. I love the to-done list. Yeah. I love that. I've never, yeah, I've always got a to-do list. I've never had a to-done list. I might do that. I really like that. That is a great tip. I thought that was really good and I hope that this helps the people that are listening because I find that not everyone can talk about what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need to hear it from someone else so you know you're not alone. I feel mm-hmm. like what I've the feedback I've had off the podcast is people feel like, oh, it's not just me. Yeah. And I felt like when I looked at your Instagram, like even your feed and your stories you're so relatable (laughs) you really are no you really are like some like you and you can get really raw and vulnerable and not not many people can do that and Mm -hmm. I feel like hats off to you because not not a lot of people can open themselves up to the kind of scrutiny you get online whatever emotion or whatever you're going through you just put it out there yeah that's quite a brave thing to do and I, I I'm I'm 
I'm thinking that does a lot for you as well though mentally like it helps you process things and do things right yeah I mean I've never been a particularly private person um you know I grew up with very a very open family possibly a little too often to be honest um and yeah I've been you know so many times my first job that I had um my manager told me you wear your heart on your sleeve you need to stop that and I am so glad now that I didn't listen to that advice because firstly that is not a man that I would want to be taking advice from looking back um but also it's done me a lot of good because the connections that I have made with people I I don't want to have surface conversations I don't want to talk about how was your day? This is the other thing that we can't stand about dating apps. How was your day? Yeah, it was fine. How was yours? I, I do not want that conversation. I don't want small talk. I want to talk about in-depth things. And of course, you can have light-hearted conversations and, and jerky things, which I have a lot with a lot of my friends. But there is nothing better than those really deep, conversations that give you goosebumps and and make you feel something and that connection to someone there's there's nothing better than that and the best thing that you can be is authentic and and raw best way to be it definitely is thank you so much for chatting to me today thank Um, you for having me of course I had actually I had people after I after we did the little Instagram announcement I had people oh my god we love Holly and I'm like oh Holly I love that. That's just that actually blows my mind. So like, I don't really know how to get my head around that. Yeah, I had people message like, "Oh my god, I love Holly. Like, when is this gonna be up? Where can oh. I find it?" I'm like, "Don't worry, when it's all up and ready, like I'll let you guys know." So I yeah, love that. like social medias can be a bit hit and miss sometimes, but when it gets a group of people together, oh, it's incredible. I mean, the whole. JSA kind of team and everyone that's been involved with it I just feel like we're all on the same page we're all fighting the same battle and yeah we're all going through well weight loss or muscle gain or both or whatever we're doing but we all kind of have similar backgrounds and um, situations and honestly I have made some incredible friends online that I've never even met in person like I'm not a quiet person, um, so there's no way that I will ever shrink myself again to fit anyone else's narrative or what they expect me to be. Like, I, I will never be told that I'm too this, too anything, because, you know, I will just be... You who you are. Yeah. And you've got to that point where you've accepted that. Why would you want to take away from that? Thank you so much, and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Thank you.